Welcome to today's episode of Converging Conversations and welcome also to season three, episode one, if you can believe it or not. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Onika Jefferson Cornelius and I am your host and founder of Convergence Solutions, LLC. Converging Conversations is where we come to converse and connect with amazing leaders and this new season, this episode is no different. I am so excited to bring into this space someone that I honor and respect. And as with all of our guests, these are people that I have relationships with, both personal and professional, and we get to help bridge the connection between who they are and what they do. These conversations are designed to pique your curiosity, challenge your thinking, and encourage you to unleash more of you in the world. So I am so excited about today's guest. She is an amazing boss, executive leader. It's amazing how many years ago our paths originally crossed. And so I'm excited to have her in this space with me today. I'd like to welcome everybody and introduce Erlette Fry. Ms. Erlette is a dynamic and results-driven executive. She is passionate about transforming businesses, cultivating talent, all the things. And she has a knack for specializing in pitch-to-pay transformation operational optimization, program management, and process design. You know, Erlette is your go-to person when you need a strategic thought partner. So we're really excited to have her here. But above and beyond what she does in the corporate uh, landscape, Erlette is and has continued to be a beacon of hope. She is focused on building and supporting nonprofit organizations dedicated to uplifting people, organizations, and individuals in her hometown on their journey around how they chart their path forward. And I believe she's also the the owner or leader of Semicolon Sweetheart Life Coaching. And she has an unwavering dedication to just, again, how do you transform and move people from passion to purpose? Ms. Erlette, welcome into this space. I am so glad to have you. Seeing and hearing yourself, on, you know, when you hear who you are and what you've done, I, I can imagine that that that's amazing but you are you are that woman thank you for coming today i appreciate you being here well thank you for having me here and creating a space where we can share our passion and our purpose i think it's a brilliant platform as you were introducing me i yeah. set up in my chair a little bit because i don't frequently talk about myself um so refreshing to hear someone else tell your story. And I think very appropriate as we kick off conversations to share stories. So thank you for inviting me into your space. Oh, no, we are, we are glad to have you. You know, every time I I sit in this chair and get the opportunity to listen to people, regardless of how long I've known them, inevitably two or three amazing gems come, comes out of this conversation or these dialogues that I didn't know, and they are so inspiring. So if you think about when you first got that invitation, what made you say yes and come and want to tell your story? Yeah, well, I think um, beyond the obvious reason of being able to share space with you and your greatness, um, I believe that the fundamental beauty of storytelling is that each time you share your unique experience with the world, um, you're exercising the muscle of gratitude for your journey while at the same time sharing nuggets of learnings from your journey with the world that hopefully they can benefit and grow from. 
And I believe that any opportunity to potentially have someone see themselves in your story, be inspired by your story, or encouraged from your story is a win in my book. So it's a privilege to be here. You are absolutely spot on with that, Erla. You know, this episode is really around what it means to explore charting your path in your own career journey. And we've had some of these conversations yes, over the last several months together. And we knew that there was going to be some magic and some and some fairy dust, right, that came out of this when we talk about what that means. And so, you know, as I thought about you and what I wanted to, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share was, you know, let's just be honest, it's not always easy for black and brown women to to navigate their career and and there are many highs and many lows sometimes and so i'd love to hear a little bit about as you think about your journey thus far what has been most challenging for you to navigate yeah what a what a brilliant question and i really appreciate you asking it because i'm not sure i've had the opportunity to share this perspective out loud prior to today Right. Um, I think it's important for me to own that I earned the opportunity to work in some dynamic spaces, all of which contributed to the corporate athlete that I am today. Um, but at the surface, I think that women of color have challenges similar to all corporate professionals. But the one term that comes to mind when I think what has been most challenging for me is that I feel like I uh consistently experience what I call the hidden gem syndrome mm -hmm. and so I'll give you a little backstory um my parents in my opinion had the most imperfect yet perfect approach to raising me um, I've always known that I possess greatness they instilled that in me and they reminded me to not allow environments or look for environments to validate my greatness. So I brought that poise and unflappability with me into the beginnings of my career. And so I just assumed unfairly that um, people would realize that and recognize that. But I was very quickly faced with actions and comments throughout my journey, which pointed to the fact that my worth was not immediately apparent from the beginning. Um, and I always seen, it always seemed to come become more evident over time. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow because I felt like the greatness should be right. recognized from the beginning. Um, that magic was there from day one, yeah. right? I'm like, yeah. do you not see this magician energy <laughs> that's oozing out of my being? That um, black girl magic, that yeah. magic. So for a while, I struggled understanding why greatness was expected and accepted when it came to my peers that didn't look like me, but had to be earned or was a shock factor when it came to me. Um, and I was able to overcome that really Onika by establishing a brand that has held true since I started my career, which is I navigate all environments with integrity. I'm going to do what's right every time. Um, I work hard and I inspire and encourage others along the way. And I think as I've combined those three elements consistently, 
my greatness has become more undeniable. And so while some may find it um, a little slower than others, I still enter the rooms knowing that I am able to add value and I give people space and opportunity to catch up. So I think that has been the most challenging um, yeah. element of navigating my career thus far. And I think you, you're never past it because as you continue to meet new people and explore new spaces, you might experience it again, but being equipped with a new perspective and mindset has been extremely helpful. You know, that that's a that's a great response, Erlette. You know, one of the things that I think about as, you know, I'm either coaching or mentoring other leaders, black, brown, or other, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes that waiting for others to catch up or they're not being a a ready and open grasp of your strengths, your talents, your gifts when you're bringing them to the workplace. I, I what I've seen and even experienced is some of the challenges of the energy that that takes, right? It's like you're kind of waiting for other people to catch up and see what you bring to the table. How, how would you tell somebody how to navigate overcoming their own fatigue with that, right? Because I would have to imagine that, as you mentioned, it's like when you go to a new role, a new opportunity, a new promotion, even in the same organization, you effectively can sometimes hit reset on the clock. How did yeah. you deal with it? Yeah, I think you have to couple your confidence and unflappability and understanding of your greatness with honesty on how long you want to give an environment time to recognize it. Um, right. I think when an environment is new to you, and you are sharing your greatness. And in the process, you feel like you are getting your cup filled, you're being coached, you're being groomed. I feel like that buys time a little bit for the greatness to be recognized because you feel actions that are indicators that your greatness is becoming more evident. But you have to keep your radars up because if you're in an environment and you don't feel like that greatness is being recognized and your cup is not being filled and you're not getting any value out of it, okay. you got to ask yourself, how long will I let my greatness sit at the table? And in all of the things that you can control, you cannot control someone's ability to see your greatness you can always control your ability to leave an environment that does not effectively honor your greatness. And so I would just say getting as sure as possible on assessing when the environment is filling your cup and you are not only adding value, but you're receiving value um, and just kind of keeping a temperature check on that so that you don't become so fatigued that mm -hmm. your ability to show up with your greatness starts to diminish. I think that's where it starts to get detrimental. That is really powerful. And I think that we're at a, we're in a season of time where that energy is greatly diminished, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it manifests and shows itself as burnout mm -hmm. or, to, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you're, you're not quite as connected to the work. It, it doesn't have the same energy and lift for you as it did in the past. And so like, that's a good time to call the question. Right. Yep. And, yep. and say, so is, is it something internally going on or is it that the environment is not or is no longer serving me so that I can bring the greatest of myself to it? 
That's powerful. Yeah, and yeah, it is powerful. And I think um, one of the things that's important to kind of leverage when you're having those honest conversations with yourself is to make sure that you're having honest conversations with your leader, right? I think it is very appropriate and fair to articulate the things that you've accomplished and the desires that you have for a particular environment and getting their perspective on their thoughts on if they believe that it's something that can be realized. Because I think frequently people assume that someone else is navigating or planning their path to greatness. And that's not the case. You are the conductor, you are the architect, you have to drive towards whatever the evolved version of yourself needs to be. And having those honest conversations let you kind of unlock where there are catalysts around you that will help you get there. So always have the honest conversation to inventory. Do I have enough fuel in this environment to honor my greatness and Uh fuel my greatness to the next level? Or is this just not the right environment for me to evolve to that next version? And both scenarios are okay. It's just being honest with what you're experiencing at the time. That's good. That is so true. You know, we're talking through the lens of career for sure. You know, as we talk about what this journey can be, has been for you. But when you think about the, you know, your career and the impact it's had, you know, on other areas of your life, what does that look like, right? How has your career decisions, how have you, how has your journey affected your family, you know, your decisions around self-care, your decisions around marriage and, and relationship, all of, because we know it's all interdependent, right? We know that it's all, it's all, it's all, in, it's, it's gumbo. It's all in there together. But as you think about the decisions that you've made, what have those impacts been for you? Ah, they're so widespread. Um, uh-huh. because I do believe that we have to own that. We spend so much time in our careers. And so quite naturally, it's going to impact so many facets of, of your life. Um, I would say my career changed my life early on in a very positive way. Um, growing up, I did not travel much outside of Georgia. I had a very large family. Uh, we traveled a lot to Florida to visit my um, father's family. Um, and so being able to step into, to leverage my career, to step into a role that gave me the ability to travel internationally with my first role was really eye-opening and perspective shaping for me. Um, Because of that exposure, I established a knack for traveling that um, would really help me uh, expose myself to new spaces and places Mm -hmm. so that I could learn about the beautiful cultures that are different than mine. So I just, I think owning that is important because traveling to Europe and South America um, would not have been possible in my early twenties had it not been my, for for my career. And I think it literally changed the way that I view the world early on. Um, Pivoting to more of the tough lesson front Um, For the first, I would say five years of my career, I feel as if I was married to my job. And yeah, it was, 
I won't say it was all that mattered because I've always been a family person, but it mattered a lot. Like I found that I was working um, a lot of hours, not really focusing on me. And I would probably say I had an epiphany about five years into my career where I realized I didn't want my professional life to feel larger than my personal life. Um, and once I had that epiphany from that point forward, I made it a non-negotiable to consistently take time for myself and unplug as needed. So what does that look like on a weekly basis? Um, on a weekly basis, I'm committed to taking care of myself before I go and pour into others. So I try to get out, I try to do cardio, get some fresh air, and Pilates has become a safe haven for me to really relax and um, reflect. And so I take a lot of pride in knowing that I've taken care of me when I'm able to tackle those things on a daily basis. On a more broader level, I try to Onika lead by example in prioritizing taking time off and nice. establishing boundaries um, by having a no contact PTO policy with my team. I do not check email on vacation nor do I send emails to my teams while they are on vacation. And, and I say I do not because that's 95% of the time. Obviously, there are unique business impacting situations where sure. I am reachable if needed, but I definitely try to keep that at a minimum. And I feel like because I have set that standard for myself, my teams have... Um, the ability to kind of navigate their personal lives as needed as well by not feeling as if they have to carry work into their personal spaces. So I think yeah. those are just two ways. I think I could go on and on and on, right. uh, but really kind of having me focus on self-care and really leveraging my boundaries, I think are the ways that it's impacted. And I learned my lesson to make changes. I think you said something so spot on, right? That leaders don't always catch, especially early on in their leadership careers, that, you know, leadership by example expresses permission. Mm -hmm. It gives those that are on your team how you live and model your life, how, how you govern and manage your time and your energy gives them implied or explicit permission to do the same. You know, I, I've, I've, I've had leaders and, and guilty as charged where I'm like, hey, don't do as I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> disregard the email that I'm sending at two, three o'clock in the morning. And we know that people don't, right? A hundred percent. So, you know, by by learning that, I, I remember there was a point in my career where I, I did a calendar cleanse and I every superfluous, you know, extra meeting, I cleared it off my calendar and I told everybody else do the same. We're going to use the time that we do have together wisely. We'll use team meetings as town halls. That will be the time that we share all the things and you know where we need input from each other and one another. But one-on-one -on -one time is literally just for you and I. Now there are gonna always be fire drills, but the one-off meetings is, is drains time and energy. And yeah. when you realize that and you and you verbally give that to people, it's it's a gift that keeps on giving. It mm -hmm. really is awesome that you learn that. And and you showed up that way. That's really important. You know, when we talk about that, you know, there are so many lessons that come as you as you become a better, a more mature, a more grounded leader. As you think about it, what has been the most powerful and valuable lesson that you've learned? And how are you paying that lesson forward? 
Just one, Onika? That's a tough one. Let's see. Um, Because <laughs> there's so many, right? I know it's rich. Oh, but I am I am the queen of introspection. So I feel like I learn a lesson like after every meeting that I right. end every day. But I would probably say just overall, the lesson that I'm going to share is one that I didn't learn in um, as a corporate employee or professional, but actually that I learned as a child, but it has paid off tremendously as I have navigated my career. And it may sound a little cliche, uh, but I really think that the most powerful and valuable lesson that I've learned that I share with others is that you can do anything. Um, when I was eight years old, I was an Advent softball player mm -hmm. and I had to have knee surgery and wow. the surgery did not go as planned. Um, as a result, I was in the hospital for about a year and had to learn how to walk again. Wow. Uh, which was, you know, going through it, you don't really um, understand what you're up against. Uh, but when I look back at it, my parents, and I cannot praise them enough, um, they gave me unconditional love and encouragement through every valley and mountaintop of my life. And in this valley, they were there every step of the way, really helping me realize that this is not insurmountable. Uh, my doctors at the time told me that I'd never play softball again. And I simply asked them to give me a chance to prove them wrong. So fast forward to today, not only did I play softball again, but I played, um, I've been playing since I was 10 years old. So two years after I had learned how to walk again, I was back on the softball field. And at the time that I experienced all of this, I didn't realize the gift that I was receiving so young but as I have gotten older, I realized that learning to walk again unleashed an unrelenting level of tenacity in me. Wow. Like I literally believe, and I share this with my team, you can do and solve anything. So um, how do I pay that mentality forward? I believe that because I'm so tenacious and I believe that I can do anything, I have unbelievable faith in an individual's ability to achieve greatness. So I work to pay that lesson learned for by giving flowers space to bloom. Like wow. every person I think has an opportunity to um, bloom into greatness. And the best thing I think that we can do for talent is to believe in them, give them opportunities to realize a heightened version of themselves and coach them along the way and celebrate them as they become versions of themselves that they couldn't have fathomed would be possible. And oh, so because I, know. I know my mom, when my, when my mom and dad listened to the doctor say, well, she'll never play softball again. They didn't agree with him. They were like, nope, I'm going to give my baby a space to bloom. And they cheered me on and they believed in me so that I could get to a point where I could believe in myself. And 
Um, a lot of times people ask me, what's my key to leadership? And I think that this sits at the core of my leadership. I believe anyone who's on my team, anyone that I get an opportunity to cross paths with, I make it my mission to have a conversation about what do you want to do? Why do you believe you're not there? And how do you get there? Right. Give the flower space to bloom. So I think though that gym itself is just a lesson that I carry with me. And even outside of the corporate realm, sometimes you find yourself in a restaurant and a random stranger or the waitress may be talking to you. And I never lose an opportunity to use that lesson to encourage people to keep going and reaching for um, that next version of themselves. Or let I'm dumbfounded. I'm like the thought of you, this, 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 this finished product, right? If we think about, you know, something from its beginning, a year in the hospital, a year. Wow. And yeah. Is first of all, hats off to mom and dad because the level of belief and encouragement and joy, right? Because the truth of the matter is, right? You were a child. So I'm sure that there were there were doctor conversations mm -hmm. and meetings and you know test results that you yes. did not know did about. Not know. And yep. they had to they had to get it together, right? Mm -hmm. To come back in that room and give you encouragement and love and joy. And that is amazing. What it also tells me is it's another it's another proof point around the power of agreement mm -hmm. and the power of disagreement. Right. Because there are things that people are going to speak into or want to speak, you know, to us or into our lives. And it, it's at that very moment, either we come into agreement with that thing yep. or we don't, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and your parents chose to not come into agreement with the report that, you know what? No, our girl, if she's going to walk again, yeah, she's going to play ball again. Right. She She's going to have a full life. This is not stopping anything. It may, to your point, delay it but it hasn't stopped anything. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 And I think it is, um, you know, you and I talk a lot about um, how experiences help prepare leaders for greatness. And I do think that when you are a leader who has navigated valleys, and you, and everybody has, right? But you have mm -hmm. to activate and leverage different skills to get out of the valley and get to your next mountaintop. Every time you go through something that feels dark, the gift mm -hmm. through that process is that you're strengthening your empathy muscle. You now have an experience that right. gives you an opportunity to connect with the struggle of someone else. That is the at the core of inclusion. You got to have things that you've experienced that allow you literally to play connect the dots with people. Right. And so um, I look forward to just in the space of leadership and corporate relationships in general, the gift of authenticity and storytelling continuing to proliferate environments because that's how we drive greater culture, deeper connections, and really realizing the best value out of the talent that's sitting on our teams. You're spot on. You know, one of the things that 
whether it's with clients, whether it's with other leaders like yourself, in the workplace, we are hearing and seeing so much of the byproducts of toxic mm -hmm. and unsafe, and by unsafe meaning psychologically unsafe workplaces and cultures, right? Where people don't encounter or have not encountered authentic leadership. Uh, they have not encountered leaders or worked with or for leaders that, as we talked about a little bit earlier, explicitly and and invisibly gave them permission to authentically show up, mm -hmm. right? In their greatness with, with, with all the magic. Yep. yep. Because we've seen such a, and I don't know that it's a shift as much as it's an emergence of what's broken in our culture. What yeah. role do you see leaders like yourself playing in the healing and restoration of those cultures? Um, I think what I will say, um, Onika, is I feel like simplifying what it means for people to feel as if they're in an inclusive environment where they feel seen, heard, and understood is important. And I want to repeat that. Right now, when we think about psychological safety and ensuring that people feel as if they have a voice, there are a lot of approaches that I see being activated that are aligned to these immense and elaborate development plans on how do I teach a leader mm -hmm. to effectively create an environment and let's call it inclusive environment where we are caring for our people at the appropriate level. Right. And when I think about inclusion, it, it really is just simply put, creating a space where people can show up, feel seen, heard, and respected. And when I think about the latter piece of that statement, focusing on respect, I feel like when if we were to think about respect sitting at the core of inclusion i don't know that you teach that right respect is what was instilled in me by my parents and expected when i left home and it involved you treat others with dignity for Listen. sure acknowledge boundaries have empathy, be courteous, think about equality, be aware of the differences. Um, and so I, I, it is my hope that the way that we kind of create that space is that we stop overcomplicating it. What I think would be um, fascinating, honestly, is um, I don't know if you've ever experienced those journals where every day it asks you the same question to see how you've evolved. I think that leaders need to practice asking themselves, 
what did I do today to make sure that my team felt as if they were navigating an inclusive environment, that they really could bring their authentic self to work? Right. Because we all know that once you do things for 21 days, it becomes a habit. For sure. So we, we are 21 days away from grooming a leader into the next version of themselves where they are more effective in being inclusive and creating environments where people feel as if they can feel seen and heard. I want to kind of steer away from healing just because I feel like healing has to be personal, right? But I think okay. that in environment can be created so that people are able to more efficiently navigate a journey of healing on their own. Right. And I think that's what the leader owns, but right. if we can develop a habit in 21 days, just simply ask yourself for 21 days consistently every day when you're having your coffee, what did I do yesterday to create an inclusive and safe space for my team and be honest. And I would even go a step further to say for 21 days, ask yourself that and then ask your team, what have I done as your leader to create an inclusive and safe space? Because I think what we shy away from is we want to articulate that we have an inclusive environment, but we don't want to hear if it's true. And see, I'm, the type of person, right, I'm the type of person where I literally tell my leader, I want my team to tell you who I am. I don't want to tell you who I am because I don't get to experience me. They do. So I need to have a conversation that oh. is happening on a recurring basis where the individuals who are experiencing me get to articulate what that's like. And we should listen because those are, that's where the gems are hidden on how we really start to create those spaces for our talent. That is powerful. You dropped a lot of gems in that one, you know, it's a really interesting take and, and it's, it's, it's powerful it, as opposed to me telling you who I am, ask those who experience me, who I am. I, I don't know that there is a better indicator of how we show up because you're spot on, right? How, how I, even how I think others experience me may not be an accurate lens, right? Because that's, that's very much an inside out perception versus an outside in perspective. All right, girl, that, that's good. You know, let's lighten it up a little bit. What, what are you doing these days to, to, to fill your cup, to make sure that cup stays filled? You mentioned full, I'm sorry, you mentioned, you know, self-care and the things that you're doing to protect your time, to protect your energy. What else does it look like to keep your cup full? Yeah, you know, I have found a lot of joy and satiation in quietness lately. So if you mm. think about, um, if I were to just to talk about a day in the life of Erlet, I'm normally up at about 6, 6.30. I, I try not to jump out of bed. I try to ease into my day because I feel like the way that you get out of bed sets the tone for your day. So if it's like a hurry, then everything is going to feel like a hurry. So I try to ease out of bed. I am normally either doing some cardio or going to Pilates. And um, before I go to work, I like to sit on my balcony, assuming the weather is nice, or I will sit inside if it's too cold. And just enjoy the quietness. And in those quiet moments, I make introspection my best friend. 
And I don't overanalyze the day before because uh, I, I am the type of person, uh, my family and friends kind of joke because I'm always looking for an improved version of myself. And uh -huh. sometimes where you are is just good enough. So I'm not overthinking with the introspection, but I just want to make sure that I don't miss a lesson from the prior day that can help me shape a better day today. So that's kind of um, how I try to start my days and filling my cup. And before I start working on making this day great, I try to start with gratitude and honor the small things, right? Oh my God, I had a good night's sleep or, oh, that vitamin C serum is really working, right? Like just kind of owning <laughs> the small things that I want to celebrate. Uh, I think more broadly, Onika, the most amazing cup filler for me is time with my friends and family. It is... Um, the ability to be birthed into a family that has been rooted in so much unconditional love. I am able to every day, no matter what I face, I do not fear it because I know who's behind me. My siblings, my nieces and nephews and my mom and God bless my father who passed five years ago. Um, they have given me this undercurrent in my life that is an instant cup filler just because I know that their presence is with me. Um, so that is what I enjoy most. We we sing, we we laugh, we dance. Um, we try to spend a good amount of time together. I love fulfilling conversation. This has been a cup filler for me, just being able to engage with like-minded and people who don't think like me and have a conversation that may be enlightening in a way that I haven't experienced before is um, cup filling and immersive new experiences. Um, I realized I was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends and I shared with her, I, was like, I haven't learned anything new outside of corporate America in a very long time. Okay. So my niece and I went to a cookie decorating class and we, uh, um, really made some impressive cookies. Um, <laughs> I think we're also going to share with the family during the holiday season. And that was just refreshing because I had an opportunity to not know. So frequently I am the person who is in the know, whether it's at work with my team or my family calling for advice, mm -hmm. I'm the person who needs to know. So I find that my cup is filled when I can just, I just don't have to know, right? <laughs> I can just sit here and not have to tap into my expertise. And that is very cup filling for me as well. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you know, for when you are an infinite learner, I think that that's just the loop that you're in, right? And you're right. It's so much of it happens in a corporate setting, either because you want to, or you have to, right? Yeah. Because you got to be the one who knows and has a perspective and is ready to make a decision and inform others. But when you have the pleasure of doing it, just exploratory, and you get to make a mean cookie out of that, that's great. Yeah, yeah, great. I agree. That's awesome. You know, it, it's it, it's hard to, you know, believe this time has gone by so quickly for us. Um, well, last question for you. Yeah. You know, you talked about this amazing life and, this journey and how it has really shaped and formed you as a leader in your career. 
going back to that young lady, whether it's that young lady that was in the hospital before or after, what would you say, tell or ask her if you could right now? Oh man, I probably am going to go with what I would tell her. Um, I would tell her to be patient with herself. Um, there's so much beautiful life that lies ahead and that beauty is going to be rooted in your ability to never let the world harden your desires to be kind and to see the greatness in those around you. Um, I think that's important because um, that perspective will fuel her to try everything and even the things that feel hard and impossible, try them. Um, so I think that's that's what I would share. Be patient with yourself. Never let the world harden your desires to be kind and see greatness in those around you and try everything, even the hard things. That's a great ending point. Try everything, yep. even and including the hard things. Wow. Miss Erlang, thank you so much. Thank you. For being here. Thank you. I feel like I just been... left the therapy session. This is good. <laughs> no, this has been really, really great. I what I appreciate is your energy and it's it's important to to share optimism to share light mm -hmm. to share grace especially today especially now because it feels like there's a deficit of it right we come into different places and spaces and and there is no joy and light and positivity thank you for bringing all of those things to us today you know i always ask each guest what is their check out their one word check out for me the word today is happiness you know, when you're able to to share that, I feel like you you gave, there was a bit of an exchange for that today for me. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your optimism, your grace, your story. It, it has created some happiness in this space for me. If you think about that one word, check out for yourself, what would it be for you today? Um, I am going to say inflappable. I nice. encourage your audience to always stay poised in spite of no matter what's happening around you, carry that unflappability with you wherever you go and it will fuel amazing experiences for you. That is awesome. Unflappable. All righty, Miss Erlet. Thank you so much. So you know what? Thank you so much. You have literally, with all of your positivity and grace, kicked off season three. Cannot believe it. But you are the right person to, to kick us off and set trajectory for this, for this new season for Converging Conversations. Just want to say thank you to everybody that's listening, all of our listeners out there. Hey, we would love to have your feedback about today's podcast. We'll be sending all of Erlette's contact information, reach out, get connected to her. And at the end of the day, thank you for being a listener. How can you continue to stay engaged with Converging Conversations in the community? Please stay connected, post, share your comments and feedback about today's episode, as well as any questions you may have for Ms. Earlette. You'll find them on our LinkedIn page, as well as all of the podcast platforms. So please come and hang out with us. Ms. Earlette, thank you so much for the time today. 
It was my pleasure. I wish you all the best with season three. Awesome. Thank you.